What's the best medicine besides chicken soup, <laughs> vitamin C, <laughs> green tea, <laughs> prunes, uh, yeah. shot whiskey? <laughs> Not around here. What's the best medicine? I cannot wait. We call it clafter. <laughs> smoking, that's another one. Try to stop smoking. That's a beauty, huh? Well, with cigarettes, my wife and I, we made a deal, my wife and I. We only smoke after sex. I've got the same pack now since 1975. <laughs> what bothers me is my wife. She's up to three packs a day. Clafter. It's me, Keyshawn in the morning on 710 ESPN. KSPN Los Angeles. All new 710. LA's mega sports station. Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Welcome back indeed. I am back in the studio after a year of doing the show from my living room. It is so great to be back in the studio with Steve Paulette and to be with you. And thanks for telling your friends and your family. It's because of you the show has become so successful. And I'm here for you. The clinic's open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. At 8.15, my guest calling in, foot and ankle extraordinaire, Dr. Tim Charlton, to talk about Patrick Mahomes and the injury that we saw during that Super Bowl. Well, I knew he was going to be my guest. I thought about Patrick Mahomes and all the great things I was going to talk about, turf toe and the anatomy of the big toe of your foot and injuries and how we fix them. And we'll get into that at 8.15, but I also thought about the Super Bowl, and how Tom Brady, at 42 years old, beat this young stud, Patrick Mahomes, who Max Kellerman says is the greatest football player he's ever seen. And Max knows what he's talking about. How did Tom Brady do it? Well, he took Leonard Fournette. He took Antonio Brown. He got Gronkowski out of retirement. I'm glad they have a coach on the sideline, but you and I know, you know who the coach is. It's Tom Brady. You know who the general manager is. It's Tom Brady. And all I could think about was, why is he in a Tampa Bay Buccaneer uniform? You're supposed to be an expert. Well, the experts also figured that he's the 199th pick. They they picked six quarterbacks before him in, in the 2000 NFL draft. So, so much for the experts. But it made me think the dysfunction in New England, that they could let this guy go. That battle between Coach Belichick, it's my system, that's what's successful. And Tom Brady going, yeah, you got a good system, you're a good coach, nobody could take that away from you. But it's me. I'm the reason we won. I'm the reason there's a dynasty. And the only way I'm going to be able to prove it is I'm going to have actually have to leave because you're not giving me enough love here. And so he leaves and goes to a godforsaken team 
and makes them a Super Bowl champion. And it made me think all week, the dysfunction, and yet he won. He beat the Rams, Tom Brady. He That, that New England Patriot team, with all that dysfunction that clearly was taking place, he still managed to succeed. You know how much I love art and sports and surgery. We got to see this story in these other fields as well. Where in art do we see success in the midst of dysfunction? Well, in 1976, one of the greatest bands, Fleetwood Mac, five of them fighting with each other, sleeping with each other, hating each other, divorcing each other. They had, it's just like in free fall. And they wrote an album while they're fighting with each other. Massive dysfunction. Became one of the greatest albums of all time called Rumors. But all the songs were these venomous songs. Go your own way. Secondhand news. Get out of here. I hate you. That's a song I made up. But there's a song on this album called The Chain, where all five of them contributed lyrics And a chain is a nasty-looking thing. It imprisons you. But you know what a chain also does? Is it links you to a common goal. And that's the answer. Because we're all going to have dysfunction in our lives. How do we succeed in our own lives in the face of dysfunction? At work, with our families, with ourselves. Because you have to see outside of yourself. And that's what they taught us with this album. Let's listen to Dan Rather sitting down with Lindsey Buckingham talking about your girlfriend, your lover. You hate her now? You wrote songs about her now? It's fascinating. You wrote, among other things, Go Your Own Way and Secondhand News. Mm -hmm. What were you saying to Stevie? Well, I think both of those are basically saying, hey, you know... um, I'm I'm resigned to whatever happens, but you know it's a damn shame, uh, it, and it's it's not what I want. Yeah, you also wrote secondhand news. I think that's that's really about it. You know, uh, I, actually, secondhand news at least it has a little bit of tongue-in-cheek humor in it, where because it's basically saying, <laughs> as a contingency, if you ever get lonely, you know. Uh, um, I, I, I'm, I'm always willing to proposition you. <laughs> the lyrics in these songs are so biting, but it takes this disarray and dysfunction to bring out the creativity and make these iconic songs. Let's hear this story about 1976, the band Fleetwood Mac fighting with each other, yet creating something so special. As a sculptor in marble, unlike a painter, someone who sculpts in clay, where you add to the canvas, you add the ear if it came off in a sculpture in clay. But when you stone carve like I do, You have to destroy the stone in order to create something that's trapped deep inside. That's what this album is. 
Fleetwood Mac were at their wits end in 1976. Christine and John McVie were in the middle of a messy divorce and not on speaking terms outside the studio. Stevie Nicks and Lindsay Buckingham were in the midst of a tumultuous on-again, off-again relationship and Mick Fleetwood was separating from his wife too. On top of this, some members were nursing serious cocaine addictions and the media was hounding the band non-stop. Somehow, amidst all this pressure, the band managed to record one of the greatest albums of all time, Rumors. Rumors is an album loaded with classics front to back. It produced four incredible singles that still get airplay today and has allegedly sold 40 million copies. Perhaps part of the reason for this album's success is its universal appeal. We've all been through breakups, and the album speaks to that. Lyrically, it's an airing of grievances about lovers from start to finish. Listen to the lyrics of one of the songs, Go Your Own Way. Loving you isn't the right thing to do. Love it. <laughs> but it comes from this dysfunction, and yet, it's one of the most beautiful songs. In songs like Go Your Own Way, you can hear the tension in the band through the lyrics, but the music is incredibly inspiring and upbeat. Much of the album sounds like this. Band members taking shots at each other over top of jaunty tunes and happy harmonies. The dysfunction is in every one of these songs and in every one of these lyrics, but there's one song on the album that allows us to see what that locker room must have been like when the midst of the dysfunction in New England with Belichick and Tom Brady, how you still succeed. So if you want to know what it sounds like, it's in this song called The Chain. But halfway through the album, we encounter something different. The album's B-side opens with The Chain, the only track on the entire album to feature writing credits from all five band members. Instead of the upbeat rock that has dominated the album, The Chain starts out dark and mysterious, heavy with tension. The song's lyrics are damn your love and damn your lies. The verses are full of venom and frustration, but the chorus hints at what's to come when it name drops the chain. For two verses and choruses, the song hangs in these tense emotions. And then we hit a drastic shift. Everything drops out and we hear a now iconic bass riff. want to know what tension sounds like when two people hate each other but they have to stick together to create success whether it's Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones whether it's Jerry West or Phil Jackson whoever it is in music you can hear the staccato in the guitar and that's what Lindsey Buckingham did I hate you with every move of his finger on the guitar but listen to the beauty the success that comes from it. 
The Keep Me There lick builds tension, and it grows to a breaking point where Buckingham explodes into an emotional guitar solo, a release of the anger and frustration that the band have with each other. Here's how you describe those opposites of dysfunction and yet success. The lyric is, chain keeps us together as we're running in the shadows. Finally, we reach the climactic outro with the repetition of two phrases. The band harmonize as they sing about unity, but beneath they have this undercurrent. They're running in the shadows. The darkness is all around them. These lyrics are the essence of the song. Despite the tensions in the band, despite the media pressure outside of the band, the chain is keeping the band together. At its heart, the chain is the music, the connection that brought those five members together and held them strong up until this point. Mm. This is dysfunction and success in art, in music. It's an intense statement, a dark and desperate unity amidst an album full of bright discord. The song continues to repeat, echoing as it fades out. Everything about the chain mimics the band's life. At a time when the group was fragmented and kept together only by their music, the song structurally pulled together pieces from each of their creative minds. Just the name alone, The Chain, because chains can imprison you, but they also can link you together to do great things, like a team, like a band, like an operating room. By hearkening back to a song from Buckingham Knicks, the band reveals the pain they're feeling for the better times that they've passed. Even the very nature of chains reflects the band. They're a symbol of strength and togetherness, but at the same time, chains can be imprisonment. Fleetwood Mac is being torn apart by being forced to work together, yet they know they're creating something absolutely transcendent. Mm. And finally... Growing from bits of three different songs and ideas from all five band members, the chain tells an important message. Fleetwood Mac, the band, was more important than any one individual possibly could be. And thanks to the strength of the chain and the music that it helped them create, the band will live on forever. And that is why Tom Brady was able to win so many Super Bowls in New England. Same thing for the Lakers, the dysfunction that we've constantly been dealing with. Shaq and Kobe, Jerry Westfield Jackson. In all of our lives, you can learn a lot from listening to that album, particularly that song. Coming up next, we're going to talk about that Super Bowl. From an orthopedic standpoint, the greatest expert for foot and ankle. I love when he comes on the show to teach us. The great Dr. Tim Charlton to talk about turf toe and what exactly happened to Patrick Mahomes and Deion Sanders. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Miss an interview or Doc's weekly story? 
Check it out on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Also, Doc's advice to callers on their aches and pains. Just type Weekend Warrior in the Facebook search bar, and you'll see Doc's picture in the listings. And thanks for checking out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Hey, it's John Ireland. You know there is no better way to start your Saturday than with the man who replaced Michael Thompson's hip, Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Google the Guggenheim. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Great Chrissy McVie. Well, he, she and her husband, part of Fleetwood Mac, getting divorced in 1976. Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks breaking up in 1976. And Mick Fleetwood also getting a divorce. A massive dysfunction. And yet, massive success. That's today's topic. Joining me now, I'm so excited, is the great Dr. Tim Charlton. Tim, thanks so much for getting up early to be with us, and mazel tov on your new baby. Ah, good morning. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much. I want... Yeah, Roger... Yeah? Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell was in the delivery room when... Uh, <laughs> And announced that my baby was going to be drafted in the second round. It came out as a big one. <laughs> I love it. Tim, I've always wanted to learn from you about the big toe. We all know how we walk. Our heel makes contact, our foot gets flat, and we launch forward by toe off, if you will. There's a moment in gait when all of my 200 pounds is actually on my big toe. I want you to teach us a little bit about those two little kneecaps, basically, the sesamoid bones that are in the flexor tendon. But I've always wanted to ask you this question about the big toe. I get that it flexes and extends, and I get that it abducts and adducts. It goes side to side. What, or maybe not, does it rotate? And if it does, how do you get rotation in the big toe? It's, it acts most like uh, a knee joint. So it is really sort of an extension and a flexion, a bending toe. Mm-hmm. Uh, there isn't tons of side-to-side motion because Mother Nature realized that we really want to be efficient in that launching. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a springboard. It's a launching point. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition, the sesamoids, which are these two little tiny bones about the size of your fingertip, are like little baby kneecaps of the toe. Mm-hmm. So everyone's familiar with the kneecap and their knee. Uh, they, the knee really does act like a toe or the toe acts like a knee. Hmm. So what exactly is turf toe, which really ended Deion Sanders' career, and we just saw the reason that a 42-year-old quarterback, for many reasons, but the main reason was he wasn't, going up against a 100% healthy Patrick Mahomes who then ends up having to have 
this toe surgery. What is turf toe? Why do football players or other athletes get it? And what do you do to fix it? Well, they get it because they're doing 25 car crashes a day Hmm. professionally. Hmm. Uh, They're doing it with 300-pound guys falling on top of them. Hmm. What turf toe is, and and, uh, we mentioned that, the launching point that's springboard, like a diving board. Mm-hmm. The turf toe is, in the diving board analogy, uh, if you were jumping on the end of the board trying to spring into the pool, the sesamoids and the plantar plate are the two little rivets at the base of the board that connect it to the cement. Hmm. If you let go of those rivets, you can see where the diving board is going. Hmm. And Patrick Mahomes, he had the rivets very loose and in fact both rivets were loose and pulling out of the diving board and the diving board wasn't very efficient at all in addition to not being efficient it's incredibly painful as you can anticipate he he truly is uh, impressive Hmm. does the turf make a difference in turf toe does the shoe that the player is wearing make a difference how important is yeah, the, the surface and the, and the sneaker or the shoe in foot problems, particularly in turf toe? That's a wonderful question. And the answer is yes. Uh, and the NFL has done uh, a lot of research in trying to protect the players uh, for that very purpose. Uh, when, they, when AstroTurf came out, uh, we saw uh, this injury, this brand new injury uh, come about hence the name. Hmm. Uh, We really didn't see it in grass. And the reason was, was that grass was a little slippery. Uh, And if you were going to really crank on your toe uh, and bend it past the point of where it wants to bend, your toe could dig into the turf or it could slide out. Hmm. And with the advent of uh, turf, of, of AstroTurf, we saw the friction of the shoe to the surface being so extreme that there was no place for it to go. Mm. Uh, Some of the uh, changes in the property of the turf uh, have helped. Like when you see uh, turf now, when you watch football, you'll see little tiny specks of rubber sort of fly up when people get tackled. Mm. And that's to try to mimic the uh, friction uh, properties of regular grass. You know, I'd love to take advantage of you being on the line right now to teach the listeners about gait, how we walk. Um, it's it's such a, a basic part of our lives, and it gets ruined by shoe wear. It gets ruined by lots of things. People get lots and lots of foot problems, which you're an expert in. But teach us a little bit about the basics of gait, the three phases of gait. I think they'd appreciate your wisdom. Oh, well, hopefully I can get my clapper vision uh, <laughs> nice and tuned up. Um, clapper vision. It's, act- it's actually a pretty remarkable thing, the whole concept of gait, uh, because the foot, Mother Nature designed a very clever design. And in the middle of the foot, the way she oriented the bones was in a, such a clever way that the foot in certain directions could be flexible 
and in other directions would be very rigid. Mm. And the best analogy uh, that I could use is a hinge on a door. Mm. In certain directions, the hinge is very flexible, but in other directions, the hinge, you can't move at all. Mm. And that really is the, the basic of the foot and how it's designed. Mm. It goes from a flexible hinge to a rigid hinge. How important is the shoes in leading to foot problems? Well, certainly uh, shoes can really help in taking the workload off the foot. Uh, a lot of people, if they're on their foot, uh, on their feet for you know an eight-hour day, a 10-hour shift, uh, you know, a 12-hour working uh it, you want the best shoe to take the workload off. Mm-hmm. Um, and arch supports in your shoes, and we're not talking fancy ones at the doctor, we're just talking $20 arch supports off of Amazon uh, can be incredibly helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, the technology and the manufacturing for a $20 insert is just is really quite good. Uh, so just putting that in your search engine can help the shoes that you wear every day um, some of the technology of the shoe itself uh, can be helpful. Um, the rolling properties, how the sole is designed, can help. Mm. Uh, and you know, it's it's a uh, it's kind of like a bed. You're on your feet every day. You should invest in your shoes. You're you're on your your bed and your pillow every day. You should invest in your in your mattress. Mm. Amazing. Um... Teach us a little bit about the turf itself. How important is it? You know, the I think the Arizona team literally in the parking lot has their football field so grass can grow in the sunlight and then they bring it into their indoor stadium. All these elegant things that are done to try to keep natural turf. Why is AstroTurf so destructive? Well, it, it's just Mother Nature did a good job making real grass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're trying to catch up. I mean, AstroTurf was a, a product of, of, the, uh, of the 70s, and it really was in desperation of when the Astrodome had glass ceilings. Mm. Um, Astrodome had glass ceilings, and that was to grow real grass, and no one could see the ball, so they painted it over, and the grass died. Then they were, they were like, what do we do now? Um, let's, let's get some carpet. So um, the surface is important, and it's, it's really studied. Um, and football particularly is an incredibly challenging physical activity. I mean, these are just monsters of human beings, uh, and 22 of them on the field at the same time. Hmm. Uh, you're going to see some real, real collisions going on. Uh, And the grass has the ability to be absorbing the energy when you fall. It has properties of being just enough to slide, but not too much. But that also can depend on the weather. And, And grass is not perfect. Uh, by any means, you put a little water on it, and it becomes just as challenging as uh, as astroturf. Hmm. 
What's new in foot and ankle surgery that you're excited about? Yeah. Well, I think we're doing uh, a lot with uh, 3D modeling. Uh, I think that's um, like in the knee surgery that you do uh, and the hip surgery that you do. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of uh, understanding with uh, the three-dimensional uh, aspect of the foot. Like I, we were talking about that hinge, mm -hmm. that hinge is a, is much more complicated than something simply as your door. Mm -hmm. And I still think that we're discovering even now uh, the subtleties and nuances that make Mother Nature's invention really incredible. I want to play a soundbite for you and get your take on it because, in fact, Deion Sanders, I believe, ended his career because of turf toe, and it's what we're dealing with with uh, Patrick Mahomes. So let's, I want your take on this soundbite. Steve, let's play uh, number seven from Jerry Rice and Deion Sanders. Oh, you don't? Okay. How about I'll click on it? How's that? Hey, look, you know, we're not here to hang out or uh, just to have a good time. We, we are here to uh, win the Super Bowl. So I stood up and said, hey, you know darn well we're going to beat the brakes off San Diego. If we were home, we would be going out on a Wednesday. <laughs> I can understand if it's Saturday, but this is Wednesday. Everybody calm down. We got this, all right? That was the first time... That, that I had seen the two of them, like, really getting upset and really going at each other and really being upset, like, to where they could come to blows. The dysfunction and yet the success that took place. But didn't, didn't Deion Sanders suffer from the same thing Patrick Mahomes is dealing with? He had a very similar injury. And there's a lot of athletes uh, that, uh, that have it. Mm. Uh, it's. I, I could go through my Rolodex of of folks who have turf toe. Not everyone is operatively treated, hmm. um, but it, it, there are a lot, and it's and it's really disabling. Uh, Dion had it, and uh, and it probably did sort of shorten his career. I don't know if it ended his career. Uh, I don't think it'll uh, end Patrick Mahomes' career. Uh, by any means, uh, he was in the hands of uh, an incredibly talented surgeon. So, who does you know every major athlete in the world? Uh, so he's he's in great hands, and there you know there's reason to be quite optimistic about his outcome. My clapper vision is of a hot dog in a bun where you put too much sauerkraut, which moistens and drips around the bottom of the hot dog. If the bone of your big toe is the hot dog, the bun, or the muscles that surround it on the side, as the wetness of the sauerkraut takes place, it weakens the bottom of the bun, and the hot dog comes out the bottom of the bun. That's pretty much what turf toe is, which is what he had, uh, Patrick Mahomes. And surgery essentially is to sew the bottom of the bun back together again. How am I doing with that one? I like it. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about the ball of the foot coming out of the surface of the joint and slipping past the bun. So if the, if the ball of the toe is the hot dog or the tip of the hot dog coming out the bun, uh, 
then yeah that that's a great clapper vision but i would say that you know like the uh nathan's hot dog festival you gotta eat the dog you can't <laughs> let it get soggy but you like a diving board teach us your version of the metaphor for turf toe well the diving board in the sense of it allows for the launching component of it and the sesamoids being those two bolts that anchor you into the cement hmm. um it, and if you know, you've probably seen some movie clips where they loosen the boards and the guy jumps on the board and goes flying into the pool. Um, it, it just, it, it allows for the listener with the clapper vision to understand the launch properties and to think about the bolts in the cement really taking a great deal of force and pressure. Hmm. Uh, and that's the best uh, analogy I could think of, but you know, my clapper vision, I have clapper vision 1.0 and, <laughs> and we're, we're looking at the clapper vision originator. It's an unfair fight. It's like, it's like Tom Brady versus, you know, pop Warner football. Not fair. Oh, you're too kind. Listen, this is why we love you. And for you to be able to break things down for us is why you're such a treasure for all of us. And I know you I probably have, so a lack of sleep with a little one in the house. I really appreciate, we all appreciate you making time to come on and be with us. Thanks so much, uh, Dr. Tim Charlton. We really appreciate it. Uh, my absolute pleasure, as always. All right, see you in the OR. That's the great see Dr. The Tim OR. Charlton. The agony of defeat, of the feat, and he's the best at it, and a frequent guest on the show. All right, Warriors, coming up next, I'm going to take your calls. The number's 877-710-ESPN. We got to talk a little bit more about the agony of defeat. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook Know Your Knee Post. One of the most complicated areas of the body. ACL, PCL, MCL, patella supplication. Really? Dr. Clapper translates the language of your knee on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Simply type in Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Wow! Your knee feels better already. Damn right. Like, follow, and feel better Hello there. with the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. And Sedano, you know there's no better way to start your Saturday than when my guy, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m., Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. All right. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I have a Beatles wig on. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. I'm so excited to be back in the studio. Oh, what a pleasure. Some hot stuff in here. Mm. You know, growing up, I never had hot sauce. We had ketchup. That was it. Even We had horseradish because you put it on gefilte fish. That was it. And leave it to the Jews. We had to put beets in it to sweeten 
the the horseradish. Then I came out here. They're not doing any sweetening. They just eat the horseradish. Bunch of babies in New York. Out here's the real thing. But then, then I got introduced to hot sauce. And the subtleties of hot sauce. You know, there's a difference between Tapatio and Cholula. I hate to tell you this. Maybe all of you know this, and I'm the only one who actually wasn't allowed in the meeting. I'd love to know. I should take a survey. Those of you listening, the great Weekend Warrior Nation, when the hell do you use Tapatio? And when do you use Cholula? That's my question. It's so good. Pouring that stuff all over it. That's why you have to go to Green Acres and Simi Valley and get those jalapeno chips. But it's still not like putting Cholula or Tapatio. Mmm, just so good. With eggs. Put it in the ketchup so you spice up the ketchup. Where, where was my life before I discovered all this stuff? Dr. Clever, you're the man. Thank you. All right, the number's 877-710-ESPN. I can tell stories all day long. What a great week I had in surgery. So many of you are just destroying your bodies. You're all either pre-op or post-op. Keep it up. No, no shortage of patience. But be smart about it. I should really trademark the term age-or-size, that you should exercise differently just because you were able to do it when you were 25. Trust me, when you're 25 years old, you could go to the top of this ESPN building and jump, you'd land on a car, you wipe your arms off, you keep walking. But that's when you were 25. When you're 55, you better not be doing what you did when you were 25 or you will end up in my office. I promise you that. I'm going to write a book. Stop exercising. You're killing yourself. Then it's going to say, let me explain. You have to exercise differently. Fall in love with the pool. Fall in love with bike riding. Fall in love with the elliptical. And don't use treadmill, lunges, squats, stair machines, weights. Particularly, God, rotator cuffs. I am doing so many shoulder surgeries now. You all should be arrested. They're not going to invite me into any of the gyms in the neighborhood, that's for sure. But when you start doing overhead exercises against resistance, red lights should go off because you are sucking all the juice, all the blood out of your rotator cuff in one critical area. Maybe you guys don't realize. Maybe it's time for a lecture from me. You know when an Achilles tendon ruptures? I should have asked Tim Charlton this. They rupture in the same spot all the time because of the blood supply. They call it a watershed. In one spot, the blood vessels that come up from your heel and the blood vessels that come down from your calf, they end in this watershed area above the attachment of the Achilles tendon. The Achilles tendons tear in the same spot because of the blood supply. Same thing for your rotator cuff. Your rotator cuff is going to tear in the same spot because of the blood supply. One of my favorite researchers, he was a veterinarian who became an orthopedic researcher Arnosky, Steve Arnosky, he moved to Michigan, but I knew him at special surgery when I was there. He did this unbelievable research paper, microvascular circulation to the rotator cuff in your shoulder. He injected ink 
into cadavers and basically took your shoulder and moved it in different directions and looked at the blood vessels, this ink, these black arteries and veins. And literally, when you take your arm above your head, here's a clapper vision for you. You know when you have a soaking wet washcloth in the sink? Okay, you, you want to get the water out of it because you're going to use it to wipe up something, but it's soaking wet. What do you do with it? You squeeze it. But if you really want to get the water out of that washcloth, you know what you do? You take one hand, one end in one hand, the other end in the other hand, and you wring it out. What does that mean? You twist it. You, you twist the washcloth. That gets all the water out of it most effectively. Well, when you lift your arm above your head, Steve Arnosky showed with these microvascular studies he did that the rotator cuff, when it goes above your head, is like that washcloth where you maximally wring out the water. It rotates and wrings out the blood supply to your rotator cuff. And guess what? That rotator cuff, your rotator cuff, yeah, I'm talking to you driving around Los Angeles right now. You're going to end up in my office, and please don't let them give you cortisone shots in your shoulder, but you're going to end up in my office because if you keep doing overhead activities against resistance, I'm not talking when you're 20 or 25, you're indestructible, kind of. I'm talking about you, the 45-year-old in the car, the 55-year-old who still wants to think they're going to look young. Oh, I make a living from that mirror. Everybody thinks they're going to look better. But you do those same exercises you did when you were 25. When you're 50 or 45, you're going to end up in my office. Because when you bring that arm over your head against resistance, it's like the washcloth in the sink, the rotator cuff, the blood vessels. Steve Arnosky showed this. Rings out like getting the maximum water out of the washcloth. You get rid of the blood supply in that one spot in the rotator cuff. And they, they tear in the same spot over and over again just like your Achilles tendon will tear in the same spot. It's so elegant and our understanding of injury and for me as a surgeon of how to fix them, it's fascinating. I had so much fun on Wednesday fixing a rotator cuff because I used a stitch, a suture technique that I've never used before. Okay, you're, t- you're listening to me, Dr. Clapper. I've been in practice for 32 years. I've done probably over 16,000 surgeries now. Can you imagine I'm talking to you right now about a new thing I did in a shoulder? That's what's so awesome. You, you better not be the same surgeon you were 32 years ago. You have to keep evolving. You have to keep improving. I don't care what you do for a living. You better be at the forefront because if you're not, you're in the back of the bus. All right, I'm, I'm ranting here. We should take a break. We'll end the segment. I'll take, I don't even have time for calls. All the lines are lit up. Me and my big mouth. But that's what's so fun. I get to spend two hours every Saturday with you, the Weekend Warrior Nation, me and Steve Paulette. I love it. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Next week, wait till I tell you what we're going to do next week. Oh, my mouth is watering already. Dr. Clapper. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. It's good to be king. 
Right, King James? Absolutely. And good to be courtly friends on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. I love it. Be treated like medical royalty with Clappervision. Clappervision. Feast like a monarch on Doc's delectable finds. There we go. And that far rockaway jester humor. <laughs> Search Weekend Warrior and click on Doc's regal picture. Cool. <laughs> Sound the trumpets. No cortisone, alchemy, or leeches here. Everything's good. Bow, curtsy, like, or follow the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. That makes me happy. Cheers. Hey, it's Mace. You know, there is no better way to start your Saturday than with Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. At 42 years old, you know what your new nickname is for me? (laughs) Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. You're not Matthew from Santa Monica anymore. You're Mr. Priop. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. See things in a different way. Is that what he said? Could he be talking about Clapper Vision in 1976? Clapper Vision. Oh, I was a freshman at Columbia University in 1976. Taking chemistry with all these other students who took AP chemistry in high school. You know what chemistry was at my high school, at Far Rockaway High School? It was how much water you could throw out the window without the teacher seeing you. I learned nothing. These hilarious at all these fancy high schools took AP chemistry in high school. But the bums, they didn't count it purposely so they could take it their freshman year in college as like a refresher course. So it didn't matter that the professor was terrible. They didn't need the professor. I'm the only idiot in the class. I need the professor. Do you know what? Look at me now. Right? Don't get mad, get even. The great George Briones called in to tell me and teach me as an Angelino, which I'm not, I'm a New Yorker, that Tapatio goes on snacks and Cholula goes on food. Let me tell you something. I flavor my ketchup. This is a clapper secret right here for food. I flavor my ketchup with hot sauce. When I pour that ketchup all over my french fries... My mouth is watering already. I put the Cholula, the Tapatio. I don't care what the hot sauce is. You make that ketchup. Have it kick to it. That's the key. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Let's take a quick call. I mean, I've been talking too much and the lines are all lit up. Let's go to, is it Paul in Malibu? Paul, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Dr. Clapper, what a pleasure. <laughs> Just love the show. Thank I'll, you. I'll be quick. I'll be quick. Take your time, Paul. Okay. Thank you, sir. I'm out doing my five miles, so I'll try to get it in. Okay. Um, Three weeks ago, Saturday, did a pretty heavy back workout, pull-ups, lat pulls, rows, uh, bent rowing, the whole nine yards. And how young are you, young man? I'm 68. At 68, the the five things you just described are better known as pre-op. See you shortly in my office. So thank you. That doesn't mean you should go live in a cave, but uh, I can tell where this is all going to go. 
Well, two days later, two days later, I went out. I had no, I had no discomfort, no soreness after the workout at all. Right. Two days later, right. I go to play golf, right. and I feel some tightness warming up in my tricep area. Yep. Didn't think anything. Didn't think anything of it. Mm-hmm. I get to the 18th hole. I hit my final full swing of the day. Yep. And the pain going down my arm knocked me to my knees. That's right. That's right. Okay. It was, and three weeks later, I've had a shot. Of Nice. I'm taking naproxen, and uh, I'm still in a bad way. I'm going to use I'm going to use a Yiddish term, uh, which I'm very comfortable <laughs> with. And the diagnosis I'm going to give you is called altacocaritis. Doctor Clapper, <laughs> which means for those of you who don't speak Yiddish, an altacocker means an old person, and itis means inflammation. You have inflammation in an old person. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to my world exactly right now i certainly appreciate the rejuvenation uh ideals that you have and it's a pleasure truly to meet you and to talk to you even on the telephone because i don't want you to lose that spirit but you gotta look in the mirror you got wrinkles you got gray hair on whatever hair is left on top of your head you need to recognize the term that I love, age-er-size, that you have to exercise differently based on your age. Those foramen, those holes that are literally in the bone that allow the nerves to exit through from the spinal cord, through your spine bone itself, so they can go down your arm, well, they live next door to discs. Yeah, when you're 20 years old, they're rubber, juicy, very watery, beautiful, hydrated discs. But when you're 60 plus years old, they dry out. They get rusty. They're different. So the foramen, the hole in the bone, literally, that allows the nerve to exit, just like the pipes, start to fill with rust. Here's a clapper vision for you. And the water pressure starts to go down in your sink. That's uh, that's altacocaritis. So if you try to do the same exercise that the trainer, I make a living from these trainers. I'm going to write a book. Stop exercising. You're killing yourself. You need to recognize if it hurts, you got to stop. And you also have to exercise differently based on your age. From now on, you can exercise. You can lift weights, bench press, curls. But you better not be doing overhead activities against resistance overhead because you will ruin your rotator cuff. You will aggravate the the discs that remain in your neck. And that's basically what you're dealing with. Right away, everyone's going to run to Toradol like you did, take the pain away. But here's the problem. It's smoke and mirrors. The entire drug company is all about making your symptoms go away. Nobody's interested in making the problem go away. Because they don't make money in that. They make money in the symptoms. And you have to be suspicious of that. So whenever you meet someone who's got a great solution, if it means that you got to keep going back, then I'm not interested. I want it to be fixed. By the way, that's why I'm a surgeon. I'm good at, okay, I broke something, I'm going to fix it, and then you get on with your life. I'm not interested in you having to buy a pill three times a week or every day you got to take this pill for your inflammation or whatever chazerai they got diagnosed for you. So you have to exercise differently. I'm going to write a book, Stop Exercising, You're Killing Yourself, and then it'll say, let me explain. 
but you're going to need a diagnosis. Is it your neck? Is it your shoulder? Obviously, let it calm down. If, but if it persists, information empowers us. Okay? It's persisted. It's three weeks later. And, and you need a checkup. A of, a you need discomfort. to go see someone, yeah. get an x-ray, get an MRI. And if they start giving you shots of cortisone and other stuff, you better call me next week and we will go over your MRI result. It'll be my pleasure. And now I want you to do me a favor. You should find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. You got it, Dr. Clapper. All right. Love, the, love you. Love the show. I Take appreciate the love. Thank you so much. All right, Warriors, let's talk about next week. Next week, we're going to talk about uh, food. We're going to talk about food. We're going to talk about gold belly. What is gold belly? These guys figured out how if you like a donut and it's in Arkansas, you can get the donut in Los Angeles from Arkansas. I cannot wait to talk to these guys. That'll be the show next week, and I cannot wait to be in studio again. I think I'm going to be able to stay here now. They're letting me in. What a great what a great opportunity. And thanks so much to all of you for listening and telling your friends. For me, what a great pleasure it is to be able to spend Saturday mornings with you, your family, telling your friends, and with the great Steve Paulette at my side. Until next week, I'm going to leave you with volare, which in Italian means I'm singing and I'm flying. And that's what you and I do each and every Saturday. So until next Saturday... I'll see you on the radio. Incominciamo a volare nel cielo infinito. the Weekend Warrior Facebook Know Your Your Knee Post. One of the most complicated areas of the body. ACL, PCL, MCL, patella supplication. Really? Dr. Clapper translates the language of your knee on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Simply type in Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Wow! Your knee feels better already. Damn right. Like, follow, and feel better with the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Thank you.